The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. Well, to me, it seems quite fitting that the day after Valentine's Day uh, would be appropriate to continue a series that Dave Lutz got us started on a few weeks ago on relationships. And now we really are going to start drilling into the dating and romance part of these relationships. And of course, the day after Valentine's Day, there might be some of you out there thinking right now, all right, you know, dating and romance, stuff that would have been good for me to know yesterday, okay? (laughs) Although what we're going to be covering in this series, I'm not sure it would have helped those of you out who were thinking, hey, you know, McDonald's is a sweet Valentine's Day date, and you know, or, you know, guys that are thinking, hey, I can't wait for Valentine's Day. We're going to go to GameWorks. Awesome place for a mandate, terrible place for a Valentine's Day date. So uh, that is, we're really going to spend a lot of time over the next uh, four weeks or so, really the remainder of the quarter, talking about uh, some of these ideas and these these issues around dating and romance, not only here at the Inn, but uh, on Thursday, February 24th, uh, two good friends of mine are going to be here to to share around issues that are more specific to um, men and women within that. My friend Sherry Gaffney will be here to uh, to share and, and talk with the ladies in the room. Then my other uh, friend Chris Keller, uh, therapist here in town, will uh, be here to talk with the guys. So mark that on your calendar, February 24th, 7.30 p.m. in the rooms that are right behind those walls right there. Uh, you'll have a chance to hear more about that um, or go to our website. But we are going to spend the rest of, of winter quarter talking about this so that you might be ready for the season of Twitter patient that is spring quarter. Let's be honest. Okay, now, as we get, as we get into talking about, about dating and romance, it, it presents a unique challenge for us here in the church uh, because we, when we go to Scripture um, on this, we find that it is not a dating guide. Now, there is a lot that Scripture does do for us, but it does not tell us a very clear or black and white way on, on how to date. Now, that is, that's bad news um, for some of us that love to go to Scripture going, it will tell me exactly what to do. Now, the scripture, scripture speaks to this only in a sense of values. Okay, so what we're going to spend uh, the next four weeks or so doing is looking at what are the values that we see in the narrative and the teaching of Scripture that we say, hey, this teaches me something about God, but it's a value that can also inform how we get to know and how we get to uh, discover each other. Okay, for example, if you were to ask a question around, you know, what would Jesus do when it comes to dating? Okay, you'd have really... Two clear-cut options. One, Jesus didn't get married. There's nothing in there that says that he dated. So what would Jesus do? Jesus would likely stay single. Okay, That might be an option for you. I'll let you be the decider of that. Okay, The second one might be this. The second option 
would be that if you're going to ask a, a what would Jesus do there, that this would be a series that wouldn't be for you, but would be for your parents. Because in first century Palestine, the culture of the day would have said, no, this is more of, it, it, it's, it's arranged marriage. So it would really make no difference for you to be here and to listen to what we're going to have to say as much as you'd want your parents to come and go, hey, those values that that dude that's going to be up there talking about, uh, that's the kind of values I want you to think about when you're setting up a spouse for me. Okay, and who knows, maybe some of you are going, sounds good to me. All right, hey, invite your folks next week. We'll have a blast. Okay, so what we need to seek here is we do, of course, want to go to the Bible and say, what what are these values that emerge from these stories and from these teachings uh, that we that we hear in the Bible, and to do so uh, and to do so in earnest? But we also have to approach it not expecting the Bible to be cut and dry, black and white. That we can say this is a decisive biblical way to date. Okay, anybody that tells you there is that is is kind of lying to you. We can look at values. But you have to understand that this is a gray area in Scripture. So let's embrace that um, as, as we get started. Why is it so important that we talk about this at church? Why is it so important that we do this? And, and quite simply, relationships form us. Relationships are powerful in our lives. G- God himself in becoming Jesus uh, in, in the whole incarnation says, relationship is actually what it's all about. Okay, so this is, this is incredibly important. Relationships have an, have a huge influence on shaping who we are as, as individuals. Um, and in fact, it's by design. This is exactly the way that God had it in mind, uh, as, as he, thought of this whole idea of relationships. So before we get into this, uh, let's, let's pray, shall we? Lord, be our teacher on this. Uh, we pray that in the midst of all that is gray, that you might be clear, uh, that we might hear your voice, that you might empower us uh, to be people that can discover uh, you as we are, are in the various relationships that we're in, including uh, the the romantic uh, relationships that we find ourselves in. So, Lord, be with us. Open our hearts, our minds to receive whatever it is that you have for us tonight. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, so tonight, the value that we're going to look at that I think emerges from Scripture is this value that that I'm going to call discovery. Um, and dating, in my opinion, is all about discovery. That's the point. We're going to unpack that a little bit more tonight. And uh, to do this, I want to, I'm so excited about this. I want to introduce to you somebody who I've discovered uh, God um, in, in this journey along the way. And that is my lovely wife, Julie. So please give her a warm in welcome. And as she's coming up, we, we figured we'd show you some pictures uh, that, that kind of show the, the end of our discovery uh, journey mm-hmm. together. It was our wedding day on campus. July 5th, 20, yep, 2002. On campus. Go to the next one, Nate. Olivia's birthday. There's us. Then. Golden Garden. 
I know. You guys are all thinking I'm one There's this Halloween. Football. I'm from Wisconsin. Go Pack. So Super Bowl was a big victory. And you can't tell, but I was an open book. And There's our little guy. And that's, that's, that's kind of a, this is a picture of our retirement plan right here. <laughs> We're hoping. Yeah. Welcome to a picture of our 401k. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our little two and a half year old. So. So even though you see that obviously we have been married for over eight years, we're looking at almost a decade, today we're going to focus on our dating relationship, which is just the beginning of what we have experienced together. Uh, but we think there's a lot of value in that. So to give to start, I want you to hear a bit about my dating background. So I had in high school one long-term relationship uh, that was really significant in high school, and it ended, and I was not happy about that. And so I went into college very heartbroken and went through college not being asked out at all. And it was really difficult for me. I felt very much rejected by the lack of invitations. And I, I thought that I was worthwhile. Like I thought that I had something to offer, but I really wanted affirmation of that and didn't get that. And there was, I was definitely in, um, involved in Christian organizations at the time. And for me, I would walk into rooms like this and I would look around the room and I'd say potential, not potential, potential, not potential. And it was totally, that was totally my, um, my experience. I desired it so much to have somebody ask me out, although I wasn't going to ask them out, but, um, I was looking to see who was out there. But so then I was brought to, I, I felt like God was really asking me to stop doing that. And then I was missing him coming to places of worship. I was really distracted. So I took a dating sabbatical. But remember, I wasn't dating. Nobody asked me out. I wasn't dating. But I took a six-month dating sabbatical. And if somebody was going to ask me, I was going to say no. Um, but, you know. Uh, but in the midst of this, and I honestly... Um, but... It was, it was valuable for my relationship with God. It was. Uh, but in the midst of that, I don't even remember if this happened simultaneous with the sabbatical or not. But regardless, during college, what I did have was guy friends. Um, but and, and what I remember very much so was emotionally attaching. And I know women out there, you know what I mean. But you'd be very emotional. You share who you are. You're very vulnerable. And I can remember distinctly crying on Craig's couch. You know, Craig, you know, crying on... Brian's couch, very distinct memories of being very emotionally connected to people, to these guys, but no dates, no romance. Okay. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> on to his story. So very different. <laughs> take what Julie has just said about her dating life in college and go exactly the opposite. And that was me. <laughs> For example, a dating sabbatical never even hit my radar in college. <laughs> Uh, I was I was very much uh, a dater. It was it was something that that I I had a lot of fun with. Though as I've shared with you, I was rejected far more than people ever accepted uh, to go on dates with me. But typically, my pattern was that I would I would end up having like these these actually rather significant relationships that would that would last you know six to nine months, and then there'd be a considerable uh, uh, period of of time where I was you know doing other things. I was dating. I I, honestly, I never dated in college between Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day. Not because I was on a sabbatical, but because I was cheap. Okay? No. No Christmas presents. Yeah, thanks, guys. You know, nothing, nothing expected at New Year's or, you know, on Valentine's Day. And, you know, so this was, this was kind of like, 
you know, February 15th was kind of like the reopening of the season, if you will. So those are the backgrounds that we came into discovering each other. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, what's this, this whole thing about discovering? You know, Ryan's used that word like three or four times already in just a few minutes. Well, you know, is he talking about flirting? Okay, kind of. Kind of, but I'm talking about much more than, than flirting. But flirting is important. There's no doubt we're, we're talking about, you know, in order for there to, to get to this point, you know, attraction is, is necessary in romantic relationships. But I found this article that, was, that I found very interesting. This was in the Seattle, Seattle PI a while ago where somebody has made it their career, their life, to study human courtship rituals, Okay. By attending single scenes, camping out in dimly lit bars, creepy, restaurants, and cocktail lounges, and just, I mean, picture like Facebook stalkers, only they're there in person, okay? That's that's like what I I picture here. So they break down into, into five types described in this journal about these human courtship rituals. I challenge you as I read these off, which one are you? How do you flirt, okay? The first one is physical. Okay, this says, people who scored highly on this type often develop relationships quickly, have more sexual chemistry, and have a greater emotional and sexual connection to their partners. Okay, that's physical. Two, traditional. These believe men should make the first move and women should not pursue men. Both men and women with this style tend to be a little bit more introverted. You were kind of traditional and you're the way you went about it. Okay, then there's polite. The focus is on proper manners and non-sexual communication. Sincere, the style most often cited in the study, relationships involve strong emotional connections and sexual chemistry and are typically meaningful. They are based on creating emotional connections by crying on guys' couches. No. Exactly. <laughs> that last part I made up. That really wasn't yeah. And then playful. People favoring the playful style often flirt with little interest in a long-term romance, but they find flirting fun and enhancing to their self-esteem. They are less <laughs> likely to have important and meaningful relationships, and this is the type that is most uncommon. It's uncommon, but I really think that's, that's who you he is. You think that's yeah. me? Yeah, All right. totally. I do. I'm playful, people. Yeah. I'm playful. down. So, so flirting... Flirting is perhaps part of the discovery process, but lest we reduce a, a talk on discovery uh, to flirting, we, that's, we don't want to do that. It might be part of it, but it's not the whole thing. And to really give us a fuller sense of, of what we want to talk about here, uh, we do want to go to Scripture here. And the, the, the place that we want to start in developing this value of discovery uh, in Scripture is really the beginning of... Uh, the Gospel of John. And so I'm going to have Julie read that to us. It'll also be projected up on the boards here. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. And then we're going to sort of skip to the next section, skip a little name change. Okay. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. 
Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. All right, here's, here's what I want us to catch here. One of the great invitations of scripture is come and see. Come and check this out. And if you notice, as, as we hear this invitation to come and see, it's an invitation to draw close, to pay attention, to observe, to ask questions. Nathaniel asked Jesus questions in this exchange. And, and what, we're, what we're seeing here is this invitation to come and see. And what you have the opportunity to discover in the story that we just read is Jesus Come and see this one that even in the text we read is called the Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus. This Jesus of Nazareth. Come and see who this person is. There's a coming, a drawing close, a seeing, an observing. And then there's, as Jesus is talking, there's also a listening that's involved there. Discovery starts with this drawing close. This checking things out. This listening. And again, the opportunity... The opportunity in doing this in relationship is to discover God. Now, what am I getting at? How does this apply to to dating? Ryan, this feels a bit like a stretch. Help me out here. Okay, to help you out, we need to go all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible. Okay, Genesis 1, verse 27, I think Nate has it projected here, says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, maybe some of you walk in here tonight not knowing that you are created in the image of God. That's amazing. That's amazing. So the opportunity that we have to come and see includes us coming to see each other. And what we are coming to see is this reality. This reality that you are created in the image of God. I am created in the image of God. Julie is created in the image of God. And as we interact in relationship, the the great possibility here is that you have the potential to see, to come and see the image of God. That's amazing. So dating is about discovery. And it's very unique in this way. This unique opportunity that we have to come and see and in somebody else as we get to know them. As we get to know their story, to discover the image of God uh, in someone else as they discover it in you. And hopefully our eyes drift upward in that. All right. So we want to spend the rest of our time here this evening talking a little bit about our story of, of this type of discovery in each other's lives. All right. So I'm going to share a little bit more of what met, like, what kind of got us to that dating point. So I graduated college. I went to college in Kentucky. And I graduated, and he was here at UW. And I moved here to Seattle. 
to do the internship here with the inn, university ministry. So it's kind of like Amber, the intern from far away. And I, you know, <laughs> I moved Look here. Look out, Amber. You might meet someone. <laughs> never know. Never know. Um, so, and I didn't know anybody when I moved here. Um, I, I kind of came here blind. Um, and I, but I did meet, I ended up meeting a lot of people pretty quickly. You know, there's large ministry, lots of students, and then this church, thriving church. And I met a lot of Ryans. I met a lot of Brian's. And that's just this gen, gen, this age. It's like Brian's, Ryans, Jack, you know, maybe throw in a Mark. I don't she know. She called me Jack once. Yeah. But, it was, I should have gone with Ryan, because honestly, like of all of his friends, there's lots more Ryans. I should have gone with Ryan, but, um, but anyway, so I, I did end up meeting people here, um, especially through this church, and there was kind of a group of us girls that hung out with this group of guys, and he was a part of that, and, uh, and I think there was a lot of common interests. We'd ski, or go for a hike, or whatever. We would go to a Sonics game when they were, um, I know, it's so sad. So, uh, we're dating ourselves, oh no. <laughs> um, okay, but anyways, and so that was, um, so we met each other here in this, this building and in this environment. And then I remember a very significant interaction before we were dating and we were, it was after church, after an evening service and, uh, he was wearing this gray sweater, which we still have. I, I, like, honestly, even as we go through the closet, I'm like, I think we need to keep that one. Um, because it's just totally reminds me of this interaction, but he was really, um, he shared vulnerability about the fact that he was going through some career struggles at the time. And was, was kind of up against some ethical dilemmas and was wondering about what he should do. And I just saw in him this character that, of this person that he really wanted to be and this job that was maybe keeping him from being able to do that. And, um, and then also he, he seemed like he really wanted something for him and his future and he wanted to make a different decision for himself. And so kind of the next couple of weeks I find out he's, he's planning a trip. He's quitting this job and he's planning a trip to Europe. And the first couple of weeks it's going to be, with his 14-year-old sister, and they're going to travel Europe together, which I thought was really cute, and uh, that he would want to do that. And then, but then the rest of it was kind of his own adventure, and he wasn't telling anyone where he was going. He didn't know, he didn't tell any of us when he was coming home. It was just this adventure. And for me, that was a real intrigue. Part of my, my journey with God was that I was coming out here on my own adventure. I was moving across the country, and I really do believe that God has that for each of us. And so here I see this guy that's pursuing an adventure for his own self and discovering what's out there. And uh, that was really uh, an opportunity that I, I, I saw a character of God in him. And so then at the end of this adventure for him, he had actually, in the midst of this um, this time away, committed to a job here to work with the inn as an intern. So we were going to come back together um, after he moved back here, or came back, and we were going to work together. So needless to say, he came back into town. We started dating officially. And I think back to that, and I think he had to have been really, really straightforward with me about his interest in me and his um, his desire to date me because I was pretty cautious based on my experience in college because I didn't really think that pe- people were going to find me interesting. And so uh, I could have taken one small hint, which was when he was in Europe. He called me with like two minutes of a phone card and left me mes- this message. So I could have taken that hint as he was interested, but I still was really cautious. Um, but we did start to date soon after he came back. And some of the other things that I discovered in our dating and our relationship um, was that he had that sense of adventure that I saw, and he really wanted to bring that into our relationship, too. So there was opportunities to use his frequent flyer miles and fly to go see my family for this 
exciting event that was going on last minute, and he planned that, and it was really exciting. And, and then also just um, his optimism. He's definitely a very positive, optimistic guy, and both of those things, I just believe God has hope, and I believed at that point, especially in my life, that God has hope for me. And so I saw this guy who had hope for who we could be and for just the excitement of life and who he was going to be, and that really intrigued me and pulled me um, to discover more about him and, and, and also God in that way. And the last thing I would say about in that time was that um, I he had been a part of this community here and in this city for several years, and I was brand new, so I was more the mystery, right? Uh, but any time I would throw his name out or say something about him or that I was, well, yeah, we might, you know, I don't know, he might be interested, I don't know. Everybody loved Ryan. It was like, oh, really? Oh, Ryan Church? He's so great. And so I couldn't, I couldn't get by. Keep going. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I, um, I couldn't get by anywhere in this community of people that I had met without having a sort of encouragement to go, yeah, 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 yeah. He's great. He's great. Do it. Do it. So that was just another, another piece. Yeah, it was a, quite a, I think, a unique opportunity for Julie and I to get to work uh, together and then especially to work together in ministry and there were there were several things that that I immediately discovered about Julie first is she already mentioned the fact that somebody would would turn down other perhaps higher paying jobs and come out here to do you know let's be honest the ministry the the internship isn't the most financially gratifying position in the world that she would she would follow her faith uh um, out here and uh, for an experience like this uh, was something that witnessed to me. Now, I had dated uh, Christian girls in the past, and, and they were decent relationships, relationships that I found edifying, that I learned a ton from. But ultimately, those relationships in, ended in many ways because we couldn't find a way to encourage each other in our faith in those other relationships. Well, what I was discovering in Julie was was actually the opposite, that I found just... Her, her life and the decisions she made, the way that she was living, something that was both that was very encouraging and very challenging uh, to, to my faith. And as we started to, to work together, one of the things that, that I, I observed right away in Julie was she has this enormous capacity, both for like administrative details and in relationships. And, and I was just observing somebody that was, that was wholeheartedly in to what they were doing. And in this case, that was really serving as, as someone uh, um, that's really a minister of Jesus in this place. And Julie was totally sold out to that. And I found myself, as a colleague at this point, totally challenged to be a better man, uh, to, be, to be a better pastor. And so I was discovering an integrity and a faith in somebody that I found very, very rich and exciting and, and something that had been elusive in other even good relationships. So I, we did get a lot of benefit in our dating relationship working so closely together. And as interns, the, the space that our office was was even more intimate than the office that they have now. And, and by that, she means it was a lot smaller. Sorry. <laughs> Spatially intimate, yes. Yeah. Okay, so um, very, very small. And um, so we definitely, within that space, as well as all the responsibilities and just the time commitment that the internship is, is that we saw the good with the bad. And I 
was really, I was forced to confront my fantasies in relationships. So, you know, our, I think about the, the beginning parts of our dating relationship, flowers on May Day and walks with lemonade in Discovery Park. Take and, notes, guys. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, you know, those are things that were so wonderful in the beginning and all these beautiful things. And then they started to get muddled with him coming to work in dirty shirts and his hair not getting cut in a timely fashion. And he's going to win a retreat when he was in charge. Mind you, I want to give him that. Like he was stressed. He had a lot on his plate, but he didn't take a shower all weekend. And it grossed me out. I was like, just go and clean up, you know? Um, and so I just was, and then I think the other thing too, and related to my past was just some, some of our conversations were more emotionally flat. Like they didn't all have the passion and you know, she wasn't that I was crying on my couch. Yeah. You know, he was living with a family and what, you know, I couldn't do that, I guess. We didn't have a place for that. But anyway, so, you know, it just, there was basically the fantasy that I had about who maybe this person would be or anybody that would ever ask me out or any relationship that it was going to be pursued just started to get muddled with some of the mess. And this led me to breaking up with him in the middle of our internship year. And I know. Okay. So, but as you'll hear, it, I needed to do this. I needed to do this. And I just, I needed to know there were other guys kind of that were floating in my brain of people that I thought, huh, I, I wonder, does he have that sort of nuancey stuff that he's showing me? I don't know, you know? And so now mind you, of course, all these other people are all across the country. So, but within what ended up being six weeks, we called the stretch. I pursued this and I, I was in Kentucky and I saw Bruce and you know, this other dude came up, Tyler, who was in Arizona, happened to fly to Arizona, fly to Washington for something during the stretch. Perfect timing. And you know what? Like it really, it was, it was awful. It was awful. But Yes, but it, it allowed for me to get through that and go, whoa, yeah, these guys also have these nuances and they are not, you know, the relationship is just a bit messy <laughs> and I have to break down the fantasy that I have. And um, so that was really important. And I came to discover that I did want Ryan in my life, you know, dirty shirts, long hair, whatever it might be. I, but I wanted that because it also came along with all these wonderful things that I was discovering about who he was and the man that he was. So, Well, during, during that, uh, that stretch, that six weeks, you know, there was something that, that kind of snapped in me because, you know, well, I developed this, this sweet, like, weightlifter angst. So the gym that I was a member of at the time, like, I actually got member of the month. That, that, that month that we were broken up, like, I, I put on, He has on, a like, t-shirt to prove it. Yeah, yeah, I put yeah. I, I, that's another one of those I things that I can't give away. I'm like, member of the month, boom, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm missing out like, on that. I, yeah, I gained like 12 pounds. I was ripped, you guys. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <sighs> so what I came away from in that, in that time was, you know, though, though I didn't like it, and, and, you know, you have to keep in mind that, that while fishing off the company pier has some advantages, perhaps, it also has some very, some very awkward uh, consequences as well. And Julie and I lived into those in, a, in an incredible way, especially in ministry. You know, you have to, we were working in this tight space. You have to pray together. You have to hear, you know, do devotionals and whatever as a staff. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is so 
So awkward. You know, none of this. None of this. Oh, I don't think we should see each other for a couple of weeks. No. I'll see you tomorrow. Get <laughs> to pray together, you know. And ultimately what oh. happened for me in this was, was I discovered a perspective that I had not formerly had. I, I think that I had been pursuing dating and romance with this idea that if I was ever going to be truly complete, if I was ever going to be truly whole, that, it, that, that a woman was required, that I needed to be in some sort of relationship like that. Well, I, I'll spare you all the details, but I had this, this very clear experience with God um, probably about three weeks into this stretch where, where the still small voice kind of spoke to me and said, you know, you don't need her. God, and it was, it was God saying, I have given you everything that you need. And I believed that and I took it to heart. But even as I got that assurance, what became clear was I still desired Julie. I still wanted to be in relationship with her. So what the stretch did for me, what I discovered there is this amazing gift that relationship is. This amazing gift that romance is. I'm not entitled to it. And dare I say, I don't need it. But man, I want it. It's, it's a gift. And that was a, that was a perspective that I desperately needed to have changed if, if we were going to, to come back together and, mm-hmm. and have, it, have it work. So when we did get back together, and I was the one that kind of initiated saying, okay, I'm ready, I, I, do, I do want this, um, he drilled me, by the way, like drilled me to make sure I was serious about this. But, um, but it, it, was, it, was one, it did go fast. We were engaged within the next two months um, because we just knew I, coming back together was coming back together. <laughs> and we weren't going to have another breakup like that. That wasn't going to happen. And, uh, and I think we, we had to work through. We still ha- I still had to work through my um, working out the fantasies that I had to come to reality from. And, and he had to continue to solidify this perspective of this relationship as a gift and us kind of coming together to continue in our commitment. So it, it was uh, still a process of that, but that did get us to, obviously, uh, engagement and, and through to marriage. So... Um, I think in, in my um, kind of final send off for, for especially the women, but you know, everyone can hear this if this is you, but I, I do want to say to encourage you to discover reality and to get out of the fantasy of that perfect person or that perfect relationship and, you know, that, oh, if somebody is doing this at their first date, wow, what will they do in a year from now? You know, it's, Take it for what it is. Be in the moment. Be real. And be yourself, I think, in that and allow for yourself to be yourself, grow in who you are, learn from the experience, and also allow for whoever you come in contact with to just be themselves, too. You know, allow that person to be themselves and allow you to be yourself. And through that, you know, I took a lot of things as criticism when I was not asked out or whatever, you know. I look back, and that wasn't reality either. Um, I think there was a lot of growth and truth to the way I was viewing myself, and other people weren't maybe taking that moment to tell me that. But uh, I think I'm thankful for the way that our relationship brought me out of the, the kind of cloud of fantasy and, and brought me into reality. So. Yeah. And then, at last, my hope is that as, as you consider your dating life, uh, is that you would take seriously this great invitation to come and see and hear 
and discover and not hit pause when it comes to dating. But that you would look at this opportunity to date as an opportunity to continue that experience. To discover the image of God in another person as they discover the image of God in you that you might uh, together know more of who God is. And honestly, I believe that is possible. Now, one of the things that you're going to have to do if that's going to happen is, is sometimes, especially in Christian communities, you need to not take yourselves so seriously. That by asking somebody out, you are not asking them to marry you on the first date. That, that by, by going out and dating, uh, you know, on that first date, don't be thinking about what your wedding colors might be. Or what the name of your first two kids might be. Go out and have fun. Ask questions. Watch the other person. Connect as friends. But have some, have some fun and do so in the name of discovery. That, I think, is, is our great hope for you. Now, uh, this, this is a topic that inevitably brings up some, um, some emotion for people and uh, we hope that you'll, you'll come back and take some of the opportunities to engage this um, in, in community. Um, and even tonight, uh, if you are wrestling through uh, some of these issues of dating and romance in your own life, we'll, we're going to sing a few more songs here in a couple of minutes. But if you want to pray uh, with people in the back, Julie and I will be back there, um, others on staff. If you have, have relationships or questions that, that you want to pray about, uh, feel free to do that. But let, let's gather each week on this, on this journey uh, where we can hear how, how uh, we might have a, a healthy dating life, where we might, t- we might take seriously this invitation to come and see that we might discover more of who God is, even in our dating lives. I believe it's possible. I believe it's possible. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that what you, who you are is relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we discover ourselves in relationship, Lord, we would discover more of you. I pray that this would be a room of of good and healthy daters, people that can take risks without being reckless, People that, that can, uh, can hone their vision to see in relationship. People that can hear you as they hear others, as they ask great questions, as they connect. Lord. So, uh, so Lord, uh, in your mercy, by your Holy Spirit, guide us uh, as we seek to be just that. In Christ's name, amen.